Is our week-long nightmare over just yet? Jimmy and I are going to give you some things that we uh, we consider to be good news coming up. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. We'll talk about Game Time here in just a little bit. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. I kind of like this camera angle for me. It makes me look mysterious. I just noticed that, like, my eyes are darker, um, and not just because I'm getting older. But uh, anyway, Jimmy, uh, the transfer portal still taketh away. It has yet to giveth. But we are going to tell you, some folks, some good news today about some visitors, about some potential commitments and things like that. We should say Jameer Grimsley has uh, gotten into the transfer portal. This guy Alabama just signed in December, um, but he was waffling. He, you know, took, he liked Florida, uh, was really flirting with Florida pretty heavily, and he's in the portal. Okay, look, at this point, I'm like, hey, we've already lost Caleb Downs, and um, we've lost Caden Proctor. Do your worst, transfer portal. You've gotten two of our best players. And then there are other guys. And by the way, I appreciate some of the woes in the comments saying, hey, talk about the guys that are staying. We will. We will. I promise you. Because they do deserve a pat on the back and a thank you, frankly. But um, Jameer Grimsley is in the portal. And that's another defensive back. So that's another problem. But, Jimmy, I do feel like good news is on the horizon. Well, there's at least four, maybe more, but at least four visitors this weekend. Uh, and any of the four could choose to commit to Alabama or sign here. Uh, they all obviously want to uh, take a look at Kalen DeBoer's Alabama. They want to uh, check it out. And uh, let's talk about the first guy no, uh, on, on our list there, Noah Carter. I'm uh, super excited about him. Uh, he's a new name to me because uh, he's a West Coast guy. Uh, you know, two things that stand out to me about him. Number one, I watched the tape before I even saw rankings and I'm like, Oh my goodness gracious. How have we not heard of this guy? He he's, he's really talented. This guy for a pass rusher absolutely flies. He, he has super elite speed for a pass rusher, which is really exciting. He plays wide receiver on offense, even returns punts. Uh, so then I went to the rankings going, what's the knock here? And uh, here's the thing. Rivals and ESPN don't have him as a top prospect at all. But on three, who I've told you all forever, best in the business. I mean, no one's better at this than on three. On three ranks him as the number 120 ranked player in the whole country. So on three ranks this guy as an elite kid. I watched the tape. He is elite. Um, To be honest, I like him every bit as much as I like, for instance, Jay Sean Ross, who's committed to Alabama to play a similar position. Um, I, I'm crazy about this guy. He was going to go to Washington, but the staff that recruited him is basically here in Tuscaloosa. So notable that to me that the Washington guys are like, hey, we know this kid backwards and forwards. That's a kid we want on our team, even in Alabama. And uh, I, Noah Carter is going to visit this weekend. He just got out of his NLI's National Letter of Intent with it. He signed back in December. Uh, with Washington, just got out of it, didn't have to portal. He just got out of it. 
Uh, not an early enrollee, by the way. So, so he'd be a, a summer arrival. That's fine. Uh, but no, this this would be another recruit. And uh, Alabama just lost Jameer Grimsley. Noah Carter would be like adding a twenty-four guy uh, per on three. Noah Carter is the equivalent of Jameer Grimsley, really. I mean, per on three. And, and by the way, per um, 24-7, they've got him as a top 100 player at number 96. They have him as yeah. the second best player in the state of Arizona. He's listed at 6'3 and a half, 218. Now, that explains why he's returning punts, because he's probably very difficult to stop. It also says, hey, if this guy didn't come in and contribute right away, that's okay. He's going to need to put on some weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, all, all of these guys, to some extent or another, just about every freshman you sign has some physical maturation to do. So it's not unusual at all that here's a guy that's going to have to get bigger, stronger, probably what you would say about virtually everyone in the class to an extent. So not, uh, no reason not to take him over that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what position he plays. Again, we're going to have to go over this with a fine-tooth comb. We might even have an X's and O's expert on our show one day to talk about the difference between Saban's defense and this Kane Womack defense, which is going to be radically different. Uh, so it, it, under the new defense, perhaps Noah Carter even plays inside, plays off-ball linebacker, has the athleticism for it, no question. Uh, it's just a different position with a different skill set. Looks like a pass rusher. He he can get sideline to sideline like a like an in, inside linebacker uh, really well. And – drop into coverage he plays wide receiver yeah and he's just a, a good athlete and I'm like you I mean I watched his highlight and I was like boy it feels like he should be rated higher and we just didn't pay attention to him before because he was out west and let's also be fair his offer list isn't elite I mean it's got Washington on there Alabama on there obviously now but Louisville Arizona and Arizona State I mean, he, he is in the state of Arizona, so they're not necessarily known for having the best high school football. That's not me taking a shot at the state of Arizona. My son goes to Arizona State um, and does a lot of film work for high schools there. I'm pro-Arizona high school football. I'm just saying, again, like when people come at me with the argument, hey, um, Kalen DeBoer finishes in the 30s in recruiting because he's recruiting out west. He's not in Los Angeles and now he's going to Alabama where he's going to have a lot more options from a lot better players. That's, again, not a shot at Washington. They went further than we did in the playoffs. Just it's also a truth. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, uh, people, you know, I hate this comeback for people like, oh, he's not highly recruited. And, and I say, what, just watch the film. That, that's a terrible comeback. But, hey, I, I'll live for this stuff. I don't worry about Noah Carter one bit. I watch that tape and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Alabama good. I mean, that, that's what I think, Alabama good. Uh, he, he's, he is a unique athlete. Again, he flies. That, that tape is not doctored. <laughs> he absolutely flies off the corner. Faster, faster pass rusher than many, many kids who have come before him who have been rated five stars now. You know, this kid's far from a five-star. and has a lot of physical development to do. Again, as Luke pointed out, didn't exactly playing against Atlanta or Dallas area competition week in, week out. Again, has some physicality issues. Well, I tell anybody that's like, well, he's going to be a pass rusher, but he plays wide receiver. Without knowing anything else, the first thing I tell you is, well, he's going to have to spend some time getting more physical because wide receivers just aren't guys that typically play at the line of scrimmage. It's just a different game up there. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about two potential transfers from Washington to Alabama who are actually visiting this weekend. But right now, you know how what I'm going to do. I want to talk about FanDuel. Because we love FanDuel. It's so much fun. And with the NFL playoffs, they're going on again this weekend. You got four huge games this weekend with the NFL playoffs. So the NFL season is wrapping up. There's still time to get in on action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. So somebody who works for the NCAA could use this app if it were legal for them to do it. That's how easy it is. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many other different ways to bet, like live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and the best way to find popular parlays, of course, in that Parlay Hub, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Make your first bet a chip shot, 10-foot easy putt layup. I tried to combine all the sports I could into one, a, a, a bulk. I don't know if that's how baseball works. But go to FanDuel.com slash on. Check out FanDuel today. Before we talk about these Washington transfers visiting this weekend, and we feel good about their potentially being on this Alabama team, and they're good players, by the way. But I do want to say this. You know, I had a thought. Um, we're on a text thread with some friends, and one of our friends, um, he will go – we will not say his name, not because he's Voldemort, but because I don't want to – he didn't tell us we could. But he, he's always around famous people, and he always has very poignant things to say. And he said, you know – the NCAA has really screwed this up because if you have a 72-year-old coach who retires, you're essentially going on probation. And what he means is with this 30-day window, because Alabama, which has been the face of college football for at least 15 years, the face of it, the number one brand, its coach who has been the most successful coach in history decides to retire unflamboyantly and the 30-day window opens for Alabama, and it doesn't have to open for anybody else, practically. I mean, it's 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 a probationary period, and hey, it is what it is. I'm not going to cry about it. We'll be fine. I'm just saying that's something that needs to get fixed, and the irony is it's going to get fixed because it happened to us. Kind of like when I said, hey, NCAA, you don't need to punish Penn State for some things Jerry Sandusky did because they didn't get a competitive advantage from that. And they decided, oh, yeah, we're going to you know, burn them to the ground. And then they realized, oh, this is probably pretty stupid. So Penn State is sort of the poster child for, hey, don't overreach, NCAA. And anyway, I, I just it makes me a little mad. I, those guys over there have to be human brain farts. They show up every day, make a gazillion dollars, and don't know why. You know, I mean, like they had the world by the tail and they have screwed it up. And now we're all football, at least, is probably going to end up breaking away and we'll be fine with it. And Alabama's going to be a part of it. So we're cool, but there are going to be some programs that are going to be left dangling in the wind. And that kind of sucks. That's a rant for another day. But I just had that thought about it. And I just wanted to say, boy, I really disliked the NCAA um, and all the powers associated with it. Now, let's talk about these guys that are visiting from Washington. Jabbar Muhammad and Parker Brailsford. I'm very excited about the potential of both of them. 
Uh, they both play at positions of need. And I'm not sure if you said, hey, Luke, which one would you want over the other? I I think we want them both very much equally. Uh, probably, yeah. They're, they're, they're high-priority uh, guys for Alabama. Very different recruitments, though, in the sense that Jabbar, Jabbar Muhammad has already been to Texas this week. He's going to be tough to, to get away from Texas and other uh, big spenders, for lack of a better term. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad is a uh, high-value target in the in, in the portal. So everybody that, that that's a high-value spender, that, that, those are his list because they, they know this kid's pricey because he's good. So Texas after him, or he's going to visit Oregon after he visits Alabama. That's another school uh, with their Nike ties that, that do pretty well when it comes to NIL. So – uh, Alabama would love to sign Jabbar Muhammad. Alabama's advantage is this. He would make considerable good money at Alabama uh, and be coached by uh, a coaching staff that is super familiar with him. Things will be familiar. He could play, uh, you, you know, at Alabama for a lot of the same coaches. Uh, that's Alabama's draw, and they may get him, but he's going to be hard to land. Uh, it, it, that, that'll be an interesting test for, for Kalen DeBoer. Parker Brailsford, different case. Less profile, not quite going to be recruited like Jabbar. So I think Alabama's got a better shot at him. And, uh, hey, this is this will be a big need for those of you who are unfamiliar with Parker Brailsford. Lord knows I was until this week. Uh, but Parker Brailsford is the Washington center. He started 13 games this past season at center, despite the fact he's a redshirt freshman. He is a uh, second team all Pac-12, uh, which is remarkable for, for a freshman. In fact, he is a freshman All-American, and if you want to look up freshman All-American because you want to see how many of those teams Caleb Downs made, you're going to see Parker Brailsford's name alongside Caleb Downs on all those freshman All-American teams. That's how good this kid is, uh, being a redshirt freshman and, and becoming an all-star type player at that position center. Pretty rare. This will be a big pickup for Alabama and a good example, Luke, of why there's a little too much hand-wringing because the portal does swing two ways. And here's an example, maybe, of Alabama using the portal to upgrade. And when I say upgrade, I'm not necessarily referring to just who might be Alabama's center in 2024 and Parker Brailsford being better than that kid. What I'm saying is Parker Brailsford's probably better than the center you had the last couple of years. I mean, this would be a big upgrade for Alabama, period, uh, at center. And it's something that could uh, realistically happen, uh, maybe even this weekend, uh, his offensive line coach. Uh, at Washington is now the offensive line coach at Alabama. So uh, Alabama would love to have both kids. I think Jabbar Muhammad, the corner, will be a little tougher to sign. Uh, Parker Brailsford, um, I, I sort of like where Alabama sits there. Oh, mute again. It's a 2024 mute fest. Boy, I'm muting at a fantastic yeah, yeah. speed these days. Um, it's, a, it's a DeBoer thing, I think. I think it is. This Look, if you're an Alabama fan, your head isn't swimming. I don't, you're not really an Alabama fan, honestly. So, yeah, I'm messing up on a lot of stuff. Um, anyway, having listened to your take on both these guys, and I like Jabbar Muhammad, he's definitely the more high profile of the two. I retract what I said earlier. I may want Brailsford more. Just, I, I, I want to not worry about a center for a little bit. I want to not worry about high snaps or low snaps or snaps in general. I just want to feel better about that no matter who is back there taking the snaps. And we, for all the world, think it'll be Jalen Milrow. I also 
do know that Ty Simpson is going to stay at Alabama. Julian Sayan is going to stay at Alabama. Dylan Lonergan apparently is going to stay at Alabama. That's three pretty ballyhooed quarterbacks behind Jalen Milrow, a guy who's been awesome at times, incredibly awesome, fantastic, and at times has made you second guess what's going on back there. So there could be a true quarterback battle, and that's for another podcast. I want to say again, before people jump in, we're pro Jalen Milrow and want Jalen Milrow to be the starter if he's the best quarterback. No doubt about it. Whoopity-doo. Right, Jimmy? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Milrow is the starting quarterback. I also think like every other starter on the team, he can be replaced. He was replaced last year for one game. Uh, So, yeah, I think he's a QB1. Day one, spring practice, QB1, Jalen Milrow. He's earned it. He deserved it. And I think it's going to take one heck of a quarterback uh, playing extremely well to beat him out, which is great. But Jalen, nor anyone on the team, not even Tyler Booker, uh, no one should have their position promised to them in perpetuity. Uh, not at Alabama. You got to work for it and play well. And I think Jalen will be the quarterback, but he's going to have to play well. Well, we're going to talk about game time right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ryan Williams again, because, yes, he's visiting again. But, you know, we love the Game Time app. I've used the Game Time app a lot. I know Jimmy has been uh, stoned in, as they say, at home and hasn't been able to make a lot of games lately. But I have. I make games all the time, and I make games at different venues. So, you know I'm going to use the Game Time app, and you should, too. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're going to get your tickets or how you're going to get your tickets to the next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, I love that option. And their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They have last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Like I said, views from your seat. This is so crucial. It's going to be so much fun. Journey is coming to Birmingham like February 15th. So that may be something some old-timers like me want to go see. And if I do go see it, I'm going to use that Game Time app. You can bet on that. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON. That's all one word, LOCKEDON, for $20 off your first order. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Ryan Williams visiting again this weekend. And, Jimmy, you can also put in whoever else is visiting um, this weekend. I don't know how many more we have, but Ryan Williams is the key, man. I'm telling you, if Ryan Williams now, if there was pressure on him before, but um, now there's so much pressure on him because I think Alabama fans sort of have this this they're on this united front of, hey, we can forgive a lot that's happened, and we can forget a lot that's happened. We not necessarily forgive, and there's nobody to forgive. Forget a lot that's happened if Alabama signs Ryan Williams. It would be just, you know, it sends a message. Uh, and I'm not talking about one of those fan messages, sends a message to Georgia or Auburn and Tennessee. No, no. It sends a message to Alabama fans that, you know, we've been used to this Nick Saban level of recruiting for a long time. And for Kalen DeBoer to prove to Alabama fans that uh, Alabama will continue to attract and sign elite kids, here's the message. I mean, that. I mean, Ryan Williams is a perfect example of what I would call the Nick Saban type recruit. I mean, Nick was very good at landing these five-star type kids, whether they're in-state, out-of-state. Uh, and and Kalen DeBoer 
particularly in this situation, didn't have Nick Saban's situation, didn't have 17 years of winning championship football and producing multiple first-round picks at wide receiver at Alabama in front of Ryan's eyes. Kalen DeBoer doesn't have that advantage. Uh, he's, only, he's only gonna he's only been here a week, and now now it's uh, it'll be a week and a half when Ryan Williams makes his official visit. So he's got to make up a lot of ground. He's got to uh, recruit and 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 endear himself at record speeds. And uh, it's an unfair test, frankly. It's not fair. Uh, but you you land Ryan Williams, you send a message to the fans that uh, hey, new coach new way of doing things, new sheriff in town. But you can expect some of the uh, same old results, uh, even when it comes to recruiting. No, you're, you're right. It's not fair. It is not fair at all. Um, it is it is <laughs> blatantly unfair. But that, that welcome to the SEC, you know, uh, I've been told that I, I think the level of animosity and the level of backstabbing and the lack of uh, morality in, in some instances has shocked DeBoer in this conference a little bit. That he's shocked that that coaches have done some of the things that they have done. Now, let's be fair. Nick Saban and some of his bunch, sort of, he played this game as well as anybody. But DeBoer's walking in not having played this game in this conference. That's where some of that, I mean, the hand-wringing comes in when you're talking about, hey, he doesn't know how things go in this conference. It's because we all know, like, this isn't like walking into a casino where they have, you know, eyes in the sky and and, uh, pit bosses and everybody looking over your shoulder. This is like walking into uh, the old bar that somebody turned into a casino on the weekends and yeah, they've got a bouncer, but it's just Rick that he doesn't have a name tag. It's just Rick and Rick wears uh, a cutoff shirt, kind of like uh, what the cable Larry, the cable guy. And he stands at the front door. And if his boss said the guy who owns the, the friendly casino says, Hey, we think this guy's cheating. Then you throw him out. But there's also some wink, wink at the poker table. There's some chip placement that leads you to know where your hand is and things like that that Kalen DeBoer is not used to because he's been over there playing at the legit casinos. This is not a legit casino. The SEC is a huge moneymaker. It is not a, this is the cruise ship casino. (laughs) A lot of things are stacked against you. Like they hit soft 18s, not just soft 17s. He's he's not naive to it. I mean, I mean, he's not naive to it. He didn't show up going and is just naive to how things work in the SEC. But it's sort of like I, I would use, you know, a slightly different analogy. I would say, like, maybe you're a guy that likes movies. Uh, and, and, and so you're told going to see Goodfellas. Is everybody watching the show seen Goodfellas? Because uh, it's pretty old. Have uh, you seen Goodfellas? And you're told, uh, you know, in this movie, there's a lot of cursing. There's a lot of offensive words in this movie. And you're like, uh, that's all right. I, I, that, I, I can handle it. No problem. And then you see Goodfellas and you're like, that was a solid three hours of the F word. That, that's SEC. I, I think he wasn't naive to it. I think it's just, wow. All right. Y'all told me. Yeah, you told me. Wow, that's a solid three hours of the F word right there. It, 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 I mean, Jimmy, another way to look at this. If you, all right, if you, he's used to going home, like if he goes out and he meets a girl at the bar, Kaylin DeBoer, he's used to, I mean, metaphorically, 
he's he's used to coming home with a girl that may go, hey, you know, I'm I'm sort of into some fun stuff in the in the back room there. And she goes, okay, maybe maybe you pull out some furry handcuffs or something. But you go to the SEC and they're like, yeah, I'm into some kind of funky stuff. And he's like, okay, well, I'm sort of down with that. I, you know, I know about the furry handcuffs. He goes back there and they got two gimps and a virgin walrus. You're like, whoa, whoa. This is more than I bargained for. I don't know that, where I was going. That's with this. a crazy analogy. <laughs> I like it. I, I don't like know it. why the walrus has to be a virgin either. I don't know. You're scaring me. You know, the walrus is scaring me about the last coach we hired from that state. So it's worried. Getting worried. We were going there. It, we don't need to go Caleb there. That's not fair. Had gotten off the plane wearing a members-only jacket. I think I would have lost my mind. How many times has he already heard that story? By the way, I hope someone told it. You know, here's the thing. I mean, these are all college football coaches, right? And they, they live in their own bubbles. They are the busiest people. Coaches are the busiest people. He knows a ton about college football. But this is what he doesn't know. He doesn't know things me and you don't know. If if me and you went and spent a weekend and I'm just going to randomly pick a Power 5 school, Illinois, name a story other than Dick Buck has played there, a story or a tradition about Illinois football. I don't think me and you would know that. So I'm just saying that there's a really, really good chance that when he got here, he'd never heard the Mike Price story. I mean – he, he probably had some vague knowledge of it. Now, keep in mind, this is also a long time ago now. This is 20 years ago. Kalen DeBoer's 14. He was 29 years old when that happened, 29, and just getting started at Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm sure he heard it. He read the headlines. He might remember some of it. I'm just saying that details or that story, uh, he's probably – The name destiny story. means nothing to him. <laughs> no, no. It's funny because he did say at his press conference, he can't wait to hear the stories and traditions of this place. Like, oh, we got one for you. We'll tell you about the last guy we hired from Washington. He doesn't need to read. Like, if there is a book out there about the sordid tradition and history of the SEC, you know, like um, I saw somebody post this the other day about, or, or today actually, about how the Texas basketball coach got so upset that USC players doing the horns down thing wow. like this. After they won in Texas, they came back from 16 down, by the way. By the way, hey, hey, Texas basketball coach, whatever your name is, did you see Texas players after the Alabama game this year? They were literally going to where we had recruits telling them not to go there. That's much more offensive than going, that's not a big deal. Texas fans, boy, they they, uh, they are sensitive sensitive about that. And and I I don't know enough about, again, it's one of those tradition things that's going to be sort of new to us, but I'm they're really sensitive about that horns down thing. And it what? all that does is encourage the rivals and opponents to do it. When you show that it bothers you, then you're gonna see more of it, by the way. Uh, but it is because I mean, I expect Auburn fans and LSU fans and Tennessee fans to poop on Alabama traditions. I expect them to. It's Wait, just part of it. LSU people eat alligator when they play Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, not I mean, Bevo. And you know, here's the other thing: we embrace. You know, I also find the irony in that that like their mascot is this gigantic cow bull, and Texas is known for what brisket, right? I mean, it's like 
Auburn got so upset about those about the trees, which I get it. They represent a lot. I get it. But their number one booster kills 11 gazillion trees a day. <laughs> that is funny. I mean, this is irony, but we we get it because we're the Does SEC. Does Stanford have lumber magnets magnates as boosters? <laughs> that Stanford tree thing they got. Boy, you would if Stanford played Auburn, that would be funny. Like, <laughs> that's, okay. that's what I would, I would just send Jimmy Rain out there first. And by the way, Jimmy Rain's a good dude, y'all. I'm telling you. But um, anyway, I just find the irony. Some, I mean, yeah, that is funny. Ole Miss. The, DeBoer has never seen anything like tailgating at Ole Miss. Never seen anything. The whole SEC environment, I I can't wait to see his wide eyes. I mean, he won't be wide-eyed to the point he can't coach his football team. But SEC football, and I think his first SEC game is that night game against Georgia. I mean, wow. You know, uh, he's going to be wowed by the environment. Uh, he'll be wowed by the environment in Alabama versus Western Kentucky, particularly if it's a night game. And it could be, I do know, well in advance of when a kickoff time is going to be. I do know that for those September home games, Alabama pushes uh, to have nighttime kicks so that the temperature is not bad on the fans. But there's only so many games you can play at night that opening weekend. So uh, we'll see. But if it's a night game, he'll be wowed by that environment. But, boy, the Georgia game is going to be something. But. In the end, the last message I want to send, because I know we got to get out of here, but the last message I want to send is I know people are panicking about the roster shrinkage. Uh, Look, I think Parker Brailsford is an excellent example of the portal swinging both ways, and it might swing both ways there. And and Alabama has an opportunity to not only solve center for 2024, but improve at center over what you had, you know, even for this past team that won the SEC championship. I think Parker Brailsford is arguably, or inarguably even, an upgrade at center, and it's just a good example of what the portal can bring. So uh, Alabama, just hold on and uh, don't don't jump off the ship at at every kid who's who's scared, scared for their careers. Any kid that signs with Alabama believes they have a professional career to nurture and protect, and they're worried about that. It's not about rivalries or college football. These kids are worried about, I need to be somewhere that's preparing me to be an NFL football player. And they're worried about that. And again, that's reasonable. I don't want to hate on any of the guys who left for any reason. I'm not mad at Bonds. I'm not mad at Nyblack. I'm not mad at uh, Downs. I'm not mad at Proctor. They all left for different reasons. More power to them, man. Go do your thing. Alabama will survive. That's my new mantra. So, Jimmy, we will take – uh, a hiatus for however long it is. And then uh, we will be back with another podcast, either tomorrow or the day after or the day after that, sometime in there. We'll be back. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.